Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielis. Wherever you are on your journey to glorify God, we are so glad you're here. On the Journey Women podcast, we'll come alongside you in the seasons and challenges of life to move you to know and love God and His Word, to find your hope in the gospel, and to invest deeply in your local church as you go out on mission for the glory of God. Today, we're talking to my friend, Missy Branch, about what to do when you feel like a failure in the work that the Lord has set before you and what true success actually looks like. It might not look exactly how you expected. If you don't know her, Missy serves as Vice President of Community Engagement for Life Collective Incorporated. She is a graduate of Southeastern Seminary with a master's in ethics, theology, and culture. And she's married to Deuce. Together they have four children. And Missy is the co-host of the Women in Work podcast, which I know you'll enjoy. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. But before we go there, did you know that Journey Women is a nonprofit organization? That's right. We rely on you to continue producing content to reach women all over the world to move them to know and love God. If you'd like to help us in this endeavor, you can do so at journeywomenpodcast.com slash give. Thank you for your support. Missy Branch, welcome to the Journey Women podcast. Yay, Hunter, I'm so excited to be a part of this with you. (laughs) You are such a fun one to talk to, so I'm really glad the Journey Women listeners get to hear from you, Missy. You have done so much. I'm always just so impressed every time I take a look at your bio, but I want to share with them what you do. You're currently the vice president of community engagement for Mm -hmm. Life Collective, which is new. This is something new since we last chatted. So can you tell us a little bit about that? And then I'll finish your bio. It's so long. We need to take a break (laughs) here. (laughs) No. Um, Well, the position is so much fun. We, the Life Collective is a collective impact alliance, which is um, a a holistic pro-life organization. And their outward facing thing that people may have heard of is called Stand for Life. And so my job is all things outward facing, engaging the church and the community. That is so wonderful. And I think Mm -hmm. that just is so well suited for your background. You have uh, your master's in ethics, theology, and culture from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, which has been such a blessing to the podcast. They've sponsored so many of our episodes and Man, you use all of these things in your various roles in serving the church, both through Life Collective and then also through Women in Work, which is a wonderful (laughs) podcast that our listeners should definitely dive into. And you're an author and probably most importantly and significantly a mother. So tell us a little bit about your family. 
Oh my gosh, they are a riot. I just told one of my <laughs> kids' friends that to be a part of this, you got to enjoy a bowl full of nuts. We're just, <laughs> just crazy. But um, I am, my kids are not little, they're adults. My husband is a student at, I mean, uh, a student, he's getting his PhD, but he's also a professor at Southeastern Seminary. And so cool. we're all in the Southeastern. My oldest two have graduated from there. Uh, they are adults living in Atlanta doing ministry and loving the Lord. And it's really sweet to watch. And then my youngest two are here. And um, one of my children, the youngest one wants to go and study in Korea for three years. That is absolutely incredible. Well, Missy, one of the reasons I wanted to talk with you about the topic of success is because you are involved in so many different kind of pockets of ministry, both local Mm. church ministry, obviously ministry within the four walls of your own home. (laughs) You've been involved in ministry in the past. You've been on staff with Southeastern Baptist Theological Mm -hmm. Seminary. Now you're on staff with Life Collective. You also serve on the board at Lifeway, right? The Board of Trustees. Is that something? So I just thought it'd be really great to have somebody who has experience with lots of different pockets of ministry, because all of our listeners are serving and engaging in some type of ministry in their local Mm -hmm. context. And I want to push back on like this idea that ministry has to be like a paid position, because you were telling me before we even started that some of the most challenging ministry can happen within the context of your own home. Is that right? Yes, ma'am, because they will keep you honest, won't they? (laughs) I've been a Christian for a long time, Hunter, and one of the things that I've learned is that I am no longer mesmerized by the famous. I'm actually honestly much more inspired by the faithful. And that's not like a line. It's literally the truth. The people who Mm -hmm. have come alongside me and invested in me for years, they taught me what true ministry success looks like. And it has been those people that are not the ones on the stage. And it's been those people that you don't really remember their name, but they are how the institution or the ministry or the thing is actually going. And those are the people I'm rushing rushing to talk to. I want to talk to those leaders who are behind Mm -hmm. the scenes, just serving the Lord week after week, year after year, month after, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Just day after day. And because I think... The way to actually assure that your ministry is successful, and this is what I've learned in my own house, the way I know I'm doing ministry well is if I'm being changed by it. Hmm. Honestly, if I'm not more committed to Jesus after parenting for 10 years, then I need to regroup and figure out what's wrong. What am I doing wrong? Not what are these kids doing wrong, but what am I doing wrong? And if I'm not more committed to Jesus after 10 years of serving at my local church, yeah. And if I can't pinpoint those moments where the spirit was at work in me, and if I can't see, oh, this is the visual picture I just got. Like, if I don't have a, a, a garden of spiritual fruit that's bursting, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, flourishing everywhere, then I need to evaluate me because the real impact of my spiritual ministry work is me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I am so with you. I think so often I am tempted to think about the other person and their need for Jesus and to forget Mm. and neglect my own need for Christ. And that leaves me feeling weary and dry. And I'm sure so many of the listeners feel that way today for various reasons. So I'd love to just talk about this idea of success because I was even expressing to you, I led Bible study last night 
And again, this is not just meant for leaders, but in this moment, I really felt my need to just develop a more biblical kind of understanding Mm -hmm. of success in ministry, because Mm -hmm. so often we engage in the work that the Lord has set before us, whether it's leading Bible study or even just like doing family devotions around our table, Mm -hmm. or it may be, you know, investing in a younger woman in the local church. And we walk away from those experiences and we can just feel dejected. We can Mm -hmm. feel discouraged. We can feel like, man, that didn't land the way that I hoped for it to. Like, I feel like a failure. So how do you define success in ministry and how would you encourage our listeners just to begin to think about success biblically? Okay, I'm going to be honest. One of the most humbling things that we can do in ministry is to recognize that God doesn't need us to do the work that he's called us to do. Yeah. He doesn't need us to do anything. The need is not there. So the work can be done and will be done if we're not there. That's humbling, but that can also be encouraging because he can do the work, but he invites us into it. Uh He's saying, come do it with me. And so when we view things that way, we then begin to see that success is really not in the numbers, the number of people who showed up, the numbers of questions that were asked after Bible studies showing that they were just so riveted by me, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or the number of the numbers in our budget, the numbers of times we've been recognized by the pastor, but really success in ministry is that consistent faithfulness. Uh It's, you know what comes to mind is Acts 20. In Acts 20, mm. Paul is talking to this to the elders in Ephesians before he's getting ready to leave. And Paul says something, I wish I had my Bible right in front of me, but he says something to them like, you know how I was serving with you the whole time, how I was serving you with humility, how I served with you in tears, and how I served mm. with you in trials. And this is Paul here. And he's talking about serving in humility. He's talking about being hard and him crying through it. But a little further down in that, he says that he knows that chains and afflictions are waiting for him. But my favorite part, he says this, he says, but my purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of God's grace. Mm. My purpose is not to fill a stadium. My purpose is not to be the most engaging speaker. My purpose is not to necessarily change your life. My purpose is to finish my course. If I come into this Bible study and I was faithful in my preparation and it doesn't Uh land, Lord, (laughs) I'm humbled, (laughs) but I did my part. Yeah. You know, and I think particularly in a, in a, a season where people can be on podcasts or write books and people think that equals success, but in reality, True success is saying, Lord, I am committed to the work you called me to, and I will do it no matter what. Yep. Yep. Even if it leaves me flat on my face, humbled in front of a crowd, you know? Yep. (laughs) Um, And I just, I love what you were just referencing in relation to Paul and his apostleship and just the baton that he's handed down to us. And the fact that we get to stand on the foundation that the apostles established and they Mm -hmm. really like leaned into the gospel. They're standing on the foundation, a secure foundation of the gospel. And that is the position from which we too get to move towards others in ministry. So to remember Mm -hmm. that it all is grace, it starts with grace and it ends with grace. Like we get to move from that resting in God's grace and the security that we have in the gospel towards others. That is so encouraging as we experience like various ministry kind of successes and failures. I love how Missy has been defining success in our work in our ministry. 
She talks about success simply as faithfulness to what God has called us to do. It simplifies it, doesn't it? It helps us not to look to the left or to the right to see what he's doing or she's doing, but to focus on the task that God has set before us today. I love too how Missy reminded us that ultimately God doesn't need us to move his kingdom forward, but instead that he invites us into his work and he empowers us to do it. Whether it's the work of vocational ministry, our nine to five job, or caring for our families and homes, we do our work with faithfulness and with humble confidence. We're characterized by humility, a modest view of ourselves, a distrust even of our ability to do all the things. And yet we're also defined by a confidence, an understanding that by God's strength, we can do our work to the utmost of our ability, trusting that it is He who will enable us to do it and He who will ultimately work anything good out of our feeble attempts. It's a difficult tension, working hard while also positioning ourselves in a way where we humbly declare we can do nothing apart from God. This is the gospel, isn't it? Trusting always in His work, looking always to what He accomplished, and then working from that. Because ultimately, all things are from Him, through Him, and into Him, right? So even today, as we set our hands to the work that God has given us, let's set our minds on the things above, knowing that as God works through our acts of everyday faithfulness on earth, He is preparing us for our eternal work, which will be forever and ever worshiping Him. So how would you encourage women who are listening to evaluate Mm -hmm. like their ministry successes and failures? Because like you said, like we can't do it by the numbers. And yet so often that is what we turn to or we look at like we try to see some kind of external fruit that we can evaluate as to whether or not what we're engaging in is worth it. So how would you encourage others to evaluate ministry success? Hunter, I get it. I, really, it's my personality to process my life through the grid of my failures. Like what didn't go right? What didn't work in this moment? Oh, I know yeah, they too. said this many people showed up, but guess who didn't show up? And guess what happened? And yeah. But in that, in that, I get caught up in the worrying that I forget to see what God is doing. I have a, I have a wall of quotes in my house. I've said this a million times, but one of the quotes is from Nelson Mandela. And he says, I never lose. I either win or I learn. I love that. It's something beautiful about approaching a failure as somebody else defines failure and saying, but you know what I learned from that? This is this is small and dumb, but honestly, one time I did one of my first events at, events at Southeastern and it was a hot cocoa event. So we were going to bring all these ladies and let them do a whole hot cocoa bar. And we worked like crazy to get the whole thing all set up and everything was beautiful. And at the end, we realized as the women were piling in and we're like, go get hot cocoa, that there was not cup nor spoon for them. Oh, I've totally, I've done this. I did this at camp. Like I didn't put off the plates (laughs) and they're like, where are the plates? We have got the food. We got everything, but where are the plates? (laughs) Okay. But the best part, Hunter, is we had to go run and buy them. They weren't like in the other room. (laughs) Just a second. This hot cocoa is going to be cold cocoa in yes. a moment. It only takes us 30 minutes to run to the store and get back. My bad. You know? Oh, so great. But you know what? You know what? I learned from that. Guess what has never yeah. happened at an event I've thrown again? Never, never, never. Always bring think, the cups. Yes. And that's just such a small antidote to the reality of what God is doing. Like, it doesn't have to be a failure. It could be a huge learning experience. 
And what mm-hmm. I will say on the flip side, though, is I would venture to challenge us to see failure in these things tied to the sin in our lives, right? The yeah. failure is when I have become very prideful and this event really is so people can see me or I can flex what I can do or they know my name at the end. Failure mm. is usually tied when we're really being deceptive because we have people think that we're here for service when really we're here to be seen. And yeah. I just think that the failure is less about the moment and what's going on inside of us because I truly believe our ministry is changing us first. Yeah, I believe that too and have experienced that. And I even in leading Bible study last night walked away and I was like, well, I don't think anybody got anything from that but me, but that's okay. I was blessed. Um, yeah. I, I, I was blessed to be humbled. And, yeah. you know, um, that's that's God's grace. Truly, it really is. Uh, yes. So, I, you know, I think, though, whenever something like that happens, Missy, a lot of times what my brain does is I start to think, maybe I'm not doing what the Lord has called me to because clearly I'm having issues like executing this well. And there's this kind of gap between my own expectations of myself mm-hmm. and, and the reality of what I can kind mm-hmm. of produce, if you will. So at what point do we actually take inventory of maybe our, what we would perceive to be a lack of success in ministry and reconsider our commitments and our obligations? Because I do think sometimes Maybe we're functioning outside of our gifting, or maybe it's that we've overcommitted. You know, what's the difference between like a closed door versus the need to just persevere and rest in God's mm-hmm. grace? Hunter, this is going to sound overly simplified, but I would start with prayer. Yes. I grew up, I'm raised by a prayer warrior, and my mom didn't view prayer as like a um, prayer for her was a relationship is a relationship. Like I tease my mom all the time now. I'm like, mom, I come to you because I know you're hanging off that throne. (laughs) But (laughs) that is so great. She prays because she believes and she has need and she comes with need expecting the Lord to hear her and then give her wise counsel. So I think approaching prayer, not as this Mm -hmm. journal, but as this conversation with God who like, Lord, I feel like this is not working. What do you want me to do? Make it clear. Am I supposed to keep pushing? Are you saying stop? And then I would say, if you don't have wise, faithful Christians in your life who you can bounce these things off of, then you probably are missing out. And that might be something you need to pursue because I'm quick to go to somebody else and be like, okay, am I crazy? Like I'm trying this and it's just not working. And often for me, what is the failure? Someone else would be like, oh, no, 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 that's not what you expected. Really, the baseline was this. And you're like, oh, like even Bible study. Hunter, they may not have looked engaged, but you never know how many people's lives are changed. And then next week, somebody comes to you and be like, girl, the introduction to Titus just changed my life. And you didn't even know because <laughs> she I'm was looking at you with like, this deadpan. <laughs> I can't envision it. Uh, I was really excited though, Missy. I was excited. So that counts for something. (laughs) Yes. And the spirit is present. And I think that that's what we forget. The spirit is doing the work in people's hearts that we can't see. Yes. And the effort that we put forth sometimes is the thing that someone needed and the showing up and the being there and like not necessarily the lights, camera, action. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think prayer and being in community with other people that you can bounce yeah. those things off of. And then even when, you, as you mentioned, like doors closed and open doors, simple things like remembering that every yes equals a no to something else. Yeah. 
and being honest with yourself that like I can say I can say I can do all these things. Uh-huh. But can I? Like I can say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But can I? And is it smart and is it wise? And is this the season? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Just just even the simple thing of like having desire. I'm like a a person who loves the idea of doing things and I really oh, want to yeah. help. That's like part of my personality is just wanting <laughs> to help. I find a lot of value in that. But we have a family in our church right now that's going through a hard time. And so Mm. um, they were looking for somebody to kind of spearhead like all of the people that desired to help and to kind of streamline that. And I'm like, well, I could do that. And Mm -hmm. Missy, I'm like, I I, I can't do that. I I have four kids and I've got a lot of other stuff on my plate right now. And then another older woman in the church stepped up and she is doing that so beautifully. And it was a great Mm -hmm. picture to me of like, give it some time. There may be somebody else who can do that and you're allowing them to have the opportunity to serve, even though you desire to help. And that's a good and right desire. So that's so good. Life is crazy sometimes and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing, They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. You know, I think that so many of the listeners are probably like faithfully laboring in these small Mm -hmm. areas like me. By the way, when I say Bible study, I think there's like 12 women in the room. So I'm not talking about like, you know, it's it's those type of contexts that I think a lot of the listeners are just faithfully putting their hands to. Mm -hmm. And yet maybe they're like me and they aren't seeing any fruit, immediate fruit. So what encouragement do you have for women who are faithfully laboring in the work that the Lord has set before them, but they're not really seeing results? I say, remember Jesus. And Mm. and this is not like one of those Jesus jukey moments, but Jesus worked, he spent 30 years working in obscurity. He is the central focus of the Bible. And yet we have roughly three years of his entire earthly life, right? But that didn't keep Jesus from serving faithfully and being an obedient son and honoring his parents and working in the community and doing all the things and learning carpentry. Jesus didn't need to learn carpentry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He learned the trade. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) But those small day-to-day things, the mundane, even the difficult, Mm -hmm. those are the things that are kind of like preparing us and building us up for what, like Jesus, public ministry, Mm -hmm. whatever that may look like. And so I think... Being okay with the seasons that feel very like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? But remind, yeah. Yes. But reminded, being reminded that, but if our theology says that God is doing something and every good gift and every perfect gift comes from our father and he only gives good gifts in this season, 
of ch- ch- being a mom or this season of just sleeping in the back of the church or this sweet. I remember, girl, mm-hmm. I was cleaning bathrooms like a champ. That was my income, cleaning people's bathrooms. Yeah. There is nothing more humbling than cleaning bathrooms for college students, girl. Ooh. <laughs> you added that part and it sent it over yes. the edge. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I promise you that the Lord even used that to do something in me yeah. for what I'm doing now. And I, I'm, I'm into like pictures in my mind. I, I see things visually. And I've heard someone say that we know that a seed is a tree, right? But the seed right. still has to become the tree. Yeah. And it's this slow process of years and years and years for that seed to be the tree. But then when you eat the fruit, you're like, thank God for the process. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, so I and just it takes think, a long time, right? Yes. Somebody was just telling me that when you plant like a fruit tree, it takes like seven years or something. Right. Someone's going to correct me here, but that's what I was told. Um, Some fruit, you know, for I'm the sure. tree to <laughs> yes. be able to produce fruit. Yes. And so that's yes. such a great reminder that like the seeds got to go under the ground, you know, and just be mm-hmm. cultivated and then grow. And then maybe years down the road. Even, even just last week, I contacted a mentor who had invested in me in college. And mm-hmm. at that time, I didn't express appropriately like my gratitude for her investment. Mm. And yet, as I was just reflecting on mentors, just in preparing to do something in the realm of like discipling and talking about mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I recalled her to mind and thought about how she always brought the word central and sought her yeah. out. And it's been... I'm 35 now, you know, so it's been over a decade and to have the opportunity to vocalize that when she may have felt like, man, that really didn't land with that hunter girl, (laughs) (laughs) but it did. (laughs) So who knows? No, yes, exactly right. You know, as we experience those affirmations, though, in our ministry, like me contacting my mentor or whatever from Mm -hmm. the past, how do we keep ourselves from idolizing that kind of affirmation or, you know, what we would probably more traditionally consider to be ministry success, although Mm -hmm. you have so appropriately redefined success for us as faithfulness. Like, how can we keep ourselves from idolizing success in ministry? Focus on what you know is the truth. You know, when we we would tell our kids or the ladies we were mentoring or, you know, if you were teaching a class to teenagers, you'd say everything on Instagram is not real. Like it's curated, you know, it's not real. But what we do know is that everything comes with a price, everything, Mm -hmm. whether the price is the sacrifice of a lot of years or money or time with friends and family or relationships, everything comes with a price. And so if we idolize the success that someone else has, we better be prepared to do the work that that person did. Mm -hmm. And I think that we, it's, imperative that we remember that when we stand before the Lord, he is not going to ask us <laughs> about the things we idolized. He's going to ask us instead about the things we've done. What have you done in faith for the advancement of my kingdom? That's mm. what he's going to reward us for. Mm. Don't you think too, that sometimes this tension that we're referencing, like the space where we're not maybe receiving feedback or we're not seeing fruit may actually just be the kindness of the Lord in not allowing us to <laughs> idolize ministry success. Girl, yes. When you're like, oh, I'll never get there. Don't even worry about it. Nothing has been working. I will never be as famous as dot, dot, dot. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. 
I can just humbly continue to do what I'm going to do. But I also think that there's this tension that the Lord allows because he really wants us to trust him with it. Yes. Just to lean into him. Yes. And I'm going to be honest, particularly the type A person who sets goals, who says, this is the goal. This is what I am setting out to do in ministry. And if they fall oh, short, you, you trying to call like, me out here? Right. <laughs> 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 you know, but I, I understand that when you're like, this is what I want to do in ministry, especially if you're right. an achiever. I can knock these seven things out. I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a cost. And for me, I was a full-time student, full-time employee, full-time mom wife, trying to mentor people, trying to do things mm. at the local church, trying to be on this board. Trying to... I, I remember whole chunks of life being like, I have no friends. I make, I go nowhere. I do nothing. I come home. I study. I throw food in everybody's face. I smile when I can. And I pass out at the end of the night. Like there is no joy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yet someone yeah. would say to me, Missy, I'm idolizing what you get to do. And I'm like, girl, what? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So if our listeners are feeling like spun out, burned out, you know, they're chasing after like a sense of significance and maybe even like a misplaced identity in their work for the Lord, like what kind of encouragement would you offer to them? I would remind them that, first of all, we are in a twisted society, an upside down society that believes that success is, comes from anything external. Mm hmm. Right. Success is not what you do. Success is not something that you necessarily achieve. The Lord determines what success is. And then we run after that thing. You see what I'm saying? And so I would encourage us to remove these self-imposed standards of success and really seek out what the Lord says is success. When I read about women like Tabitha in the Bible, and like Anna in the Bible, both Tabitha and Anna, Anna, their names are literally in the Bible, right? So if that's not success, <laughs> right, that's success. But yet these are both women who by all means were poor, who were single, probably widowed. And so mm-hmm. then we would be like, is that success? She's poor. She's been, she's been fasting for 60 years. But yet when you read their story, their whole lives equal success. And I think Mm. when we begin to recognize what success really is for the Christian and in God's economy, things become completely different. Because, you know, in God's economy, you live in order to live, you die. And in order to have, you give. And in order to be successful, you look for the things that God calls success. I don't know about you, but Missy has brought some healthy conviction to me and my understanding of what success looks like. It's too easy, isn't it, to get caught up in the world's definition of success. It's an idea of success that can be measured, which feels good to our approval-seeking hearts. But Missy redefines success as faithfulness, which can't really be measured. Sometimes it can't even be seen by others, but God sees it. And we have to ask ourselves, is that enough? I wonder, as we set our hands to the work before us, are we tempted to do it for the praise, the likes, the subscribes, the applause, or the book purchases? As we go about our work in our homes, are we hoping for our hard efforts to be noticed or appreciated? Or are we doing our work as an act of worship? Do we realize that our work itself can be an act of obedience to, communion with, and intimacy with God? I'm not exempt from the conviction that these questions bring. In fact, I have to ask myself often, what is the motive in my work? 
What is at the root of my heart's pull toward the need for success? Am I doing ministry to be recognized or to be obedient? Am I obeying God in order to get a certain outcome or in order to worship Him? Even our very worthwhile kingdom work can be driven by selfish motives. But you know what? God has so much grace even for that. In fact, even in this struggle, as He does in all of life, He invites us near. He shows us the beauty of repentance, intimacy, and worship that can be found in our work. He shows us the worth of simply being faithful. He shows us how the applause and the recognition of the world is fleeting, but how our moments of ordinary faithfulness are eternally worthwhile. I love that. So if listeners are like wanting to develop kind of a more robust biblical understanding of work, like what they're doing, being success in God's economy, like you said, what would you suggest they turn to? This could be like a portion of scripture. What's been helpful for you as you've sought to develop a biblical understanding of work? A couple of things. One, I'm not studying women in the Bible has changed so much for me. I think we hear about women in the Bible, but when you recognize them, not as like these superheroes, like the Avengers, all Mm -hmm. those things on TV and, oh, I would like to be, when you see them as people and you learn their story and then you realize that these are people that God has called out for me to know, I have been so encouraged by the averageness of these women and yet the impact that they've had on generations. And that encourages me because I'm just an average woman who wants to have an impact on my kids, you know, on the women around me, on the women who come in contact with me. And I think also it's our family motto that a space should be better because the branches were there. And what that means is, is that I'm looking for ways to serve people in the most mundane ways, even, or the grand ways, right? I'm looking for ways to be a servant Probably not in the ways that I think, you know what I'm saying? Like we think the service that is the most important mm. is the service that get that people see. But sometimes I go to somebody's house and I do their dishes after dinner. The Lord sees that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just, I, I have been really trying to be caught up in this kind of service that at the end of the day, the Lord sees. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. I am married to someone who is a recording artist. We have been to the Grammys. He has won awards. I have seen the incredibly dark side of what famous ministry and success in ministry looks like. And I don't want it. I don't want it. I want to be around people who ooze Jesus. And I want people to feel like when they spent time with Missy, they felt Jesus. They heard Jesus. They saw Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I love that so much. Just resting in the success of Christ and Mm -hmm. how that completely redefines success in ministry because of his success in achieving our salvation through his perfect life, death, and resurrection. We are successful because our names may not be in the Bible, Missy, but they're in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that's not based on our success. That's based on the success of of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So that is super encouraging for us as we seek to move forward towards 
others in the work the Lord has set before us. Tell me what helps you find rest mm-hmm. when you're feeling weary in the work the Lord set before you. This could be like really basic or really spiritual. Just take it whatever way, wherever your brain went first. Mm-hmm. That's what I want you to share. Honestly, I'm naturally an introvert. So I like to get really? away. Yes. Yeah. I like to get away to quiet, whether that's a walk, whether that's the room by myself. When I finally tell my family, oh, no, it's not you. It's not you. It's me. It's me. And I need to get away. And <laughs> I genuinely am, enjoy telling the Lord all the stuff, like all the stuff. Like, I am so aggravated by him. I just don't understand why she did that. I am so tired <laughs> of looking like this. I don't want to wear that. Like, yeah. I enjoy giving all that to the Lord. And so I think being able to be away in quiet and just give it to him. It just feels like a a load has been lifted. And then I can learn to rest, whether that rest is physical or mental. It's really just taking the burden off of me. Yeah. Which is doable. We just have to be willing to go do it. Yeah. I wonder if like a good barometer for our success, maybe this is not air quotes success, our success, like our true biblical success is whether or not we're praying, like as you're talking about your mom and as you're talking about just your desire to give all these things to the Lord, I think our prayer life helps us see what are we resting in as we go about this work? Are we resting in the confidence that we have in ourselves? Or are we resting in the confidence that we have in Christ? And are we appealing to him to do the work in the hearts of his people as we set our hands to the work here on that he's given us here. So I think that's like such a great application for us after this conversation, just to ask the Lord to help us kind of take inventory of our heart and then to look to him in dependence and to remember that he's the one that does the work. So this has been such a great conversation. I'm so glad this happened the day after I had my Bible study fiasco. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See, but now it's not a fiasco. You never lose. It's a you success. You win or you win. Right? <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Missy, for all of the wisdom that you've shared with us today. I hope that the listeners will hop over to your podcast and listen mm. to you and Courtney as you have further conversations on women and work. It's been a joy to have you on the Journey Women podcast with us. Thank you so much, Hunter. I'm glad to be here. If you found this episode with Missy as helpful as I did, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode and consider sharing Journey Women's Rest for the Weary series with a friend. As always, thanks for listening. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.